You're listening to Love Starts Here, a podcast for smart, successful women who are ready to finally have the love they want and deserve. Whether your relationship status is single, dating, or it's complicated, this podcast is exactly what you need to take your love and life to the next level. And now, here's your host, certified love and life coach, Melissa Snow. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I am so freaking excited for today's episode. I can't even tell you. So one of my favorite shows ever is Married at First Sight. I don't know if you guys have ever watched this show, but the premise basically is these five couples don't know each other. They get matched by experts and they meet literally at the altar (laughs) when they have a real life wedding to a stranger. And then they live with the stranger. They try to make their relationship work while they get to know each other for 90 days. And then at the end of the 90 days, they decide if they want to stay married or get a divorce. It sounds ridiculous, but it's really a great show. Anyway, the point of my story is that on today's episode, I am interviewing one of the Married at First Sight season 13 cast members, Mirla Feria. She is so lovely, and I just had so much fun talking to her about all things relationship and self-worth and self-value and how to really stand in your truth and your confidence and how to be unapologetically you in a world that is constantly trying to make you something else. So I hope that you guys enjoy the interview and here we go. So let's get started by having you tell everybody just a little bit about you. So for those people who watched the show, I'm sure they think that they know you and probably don't. And for those of those listeners who have never watched the show, tell us just a little bit about you and how you would describe yourself. Of course, I grew up in a small town um, on the border. Um, My mom came to the U.S. at a very young age um, by herself, you know, trying to make a home for herself without knowing anybody, without knowing the language. And she raised the four of us. I am the second oldest. Uh, I have an older brother, two younger sisters. She never had the opportunity to go to school in her life. And it's it's difficult, right? And as as a daughter as well trying to just navigate yourself and figure out yourself while your mother's always, you know, trying to figure out herself and also, you know, witnessing domestic violence in the home um, was just very difficult. But I think the one thing that truly molded me was just valuing education. And that's something that she instilled in me at a very young age. Um, Mm -hmm. I remember her walking me to the bus every day and just reminding me that you got to go to school in Spanish, not in English. And I won't say mm-hmm. it in Spanish, but you have to go to school. Like you have to go to school if you want to have a better life than I do. And I'm like a little girl and I'm like watching my mom, you know, go through these struggles. And I'm like, there's no way on this God given earth that, you know, I want to go through this and experience this. And I think my mom did the best that she could do for being, trying to figure out how to be a mom. And so I remember going to school and sitting in classroom and, you know, you're trying to learn, you're trying to get engaged. And I'm worried about my mom's safety at home. You know, I'm worried about whether or not I'm going to be able to come home and my mom's going to be there. And mm-hmm. so it's tough. And it's also tough because, you know, most times teachers just don't know what children bring with them. And I think at that point is when I realized I wanted to be a teacher because I wanted to make sure that there was not a single child that came into my classroom that felt alone. 
that when they're quiet, it's not because they don't want to be engaged. You know, they, they might be struggling with something that we don't know about, but being a child who experienced that, I was able to recognize some of those things, but then also being able to talk to moms and hopefully I would be a person that could potentially help or support them in like, you don't have to live this life. Like you don't have to experience these same things that, you know, I've seen before. And that led me to be a teacher. And, you know, eventually I wanted to have a bigger impact outside of the classroom. And I'm like, well, I can impact the whole school or I can impact a whole community. And so that really has brought me to where I am today. And it's really about uplifting women and supporting others to continue to get driven by what they're passionate about. And that is my passion, you know, students, families, women in general. And that's really a little bit about me. And that kind of encompasses who I am as a person, which is not something that the world, I think, got to see um, that side of me. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. So how do you think that the way that you grew up and the experiences that you had, especially with your own mom and watching her and some of the men that she brought around and the relationships that she had, how do you think that impacted you as you became a young woman and an adult woman as far as relationships go? You know, unfortunately, my, my dad was not very present a lot growing up. He came in and out, but my mom remained married well into I was still in college and she was still married. Um, so I think that had a significant impact in how I viewed relationships. You know, I, I saw my mom's fear, her fear of like not, not knowing that she could leave, you know, fear for her life, feel fear for her, for the safety of her children. And that causes, we know, right. A lot of women stay in unhealthy relationships because of that. And I saw that and I knew that I did not want that. But that's still, you know, and, you know, we go through therapy and we go through all these and we try to analyze like, wh- why have I made the, the decisions that I make in relationships? Why do I stay in relationships when they don't necessarily benefit me or like are good for me or are positive experiences for me? And I kind of saw that in my relationships over the course of my life. And so I think that is one way that that has impacted me as an adult and being able to advocate for myself and name things and speak up for myself. And I mean, and it's ever, you know, it's an, it's a, a lifelong journey that I'm going through of like being able to live into my worth and my value. And so I can't say like, ah, I made it, you know, it's, it's things that we continuously try to work on and focus on. Yeah. I mean, this is something that I work with women on all the time. I've been a coach for six years and have worked with women on self-worth and self-value and self-confidence. And I, as the teacher still struggle with it sometimes. Yeah. So You're totally right. I don't think there's ever a destination that we get to where we're like, okay, I made it. I'm secure. I feel valuable all the time. Everything about me is fabulous. Like, I know we can get close sometimes. (laughs) And then the next day, we're like, everything is terrible. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like, girl, we're human and that's okay. It's like, give us, give ourselves some grace. Totally. So, one of the reasons I really wanted to have you on the podcast is because watching you on the show, Um, for those people who watched and those people who didn't, one of the things that I was always really impressed by with you is that you seemed very sure of who you were and what you wanted and what you didn't want. And I'm sure that there had to have been times when you like questioned yourself or doubted yourself because you're a human being, but it was interesting to me to watch how like unapologetically you, you were, (laughs) would you agree with that? Uh, I, yeah, I would agree with that. Unapologetically me is something that I strive for. How did you get to that place? I mean, I think it's, 
I have not always been this secure myself. We all know that, right? I don't think there's anybody that can say like, oh, I was born like this. I mean, if it is, and I want to meet you, tell me how you do it to this day. Um, but Lord have mercy. I have, you know, I have not always been this secure. This has and continues to be a lifelong journey and full of growth and reflection. Honestly, I got here by seeking out and surrounding myself with individuals who were doing this work themselves. They've been with me. I have like two really close friends and a couple of others who have been on this ride with me, what I call ride of life for, I want to say like eight to 10 years. And I encourage everyone to really just evaluate who you surround yourself with. And I call my square squad. If you guys are fans of Brandy Brown's book, I love her. Um, she talks about a square squad there. Um, but these individuals have filled and continue to fill, you know, my spiritual, my mental, my social, emotional cup regularly. And they also hold me accountable <laughs> when I'm being upon, unapologetically myself to call me out, you know, when I'm out of line or when I'm not staying true to myself. And so I think it's just been a journey of like surrounding myself with people who are doing better than me who are in like a different phase in life for their self-worth. And I'm like, man, this girl is so confident and she loves herself so much. And I'm like, I think I'm beautiful too, inside and out. And I was like, you know, you hang around with people who are like this and like, it starts to rub off. And I'm like, I love this. Like, I love this feeling of assurance for myself. And I think that is kind of a little bit of a, about the journey of like, no, I was not secure. No, I did not love myself and respect myself and did not expect, you know, individuals to reciprocate that for me. But I am in like a totally different place, you know, 10 years later in my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think there's something about when a woman is confident and does love herself and is unapologetically herself that gives the women around her permission to also do the same thing, right? Like yeah. when you were talking, I flashed on that scene from Mean Girls where like all the girls are standing in front of the mirror talking about like everything they hate about their bodies. And then they look at Katie and they're like waiting for her to name the things she hates about her body. And she's like, like, you can tell that moment. She's like, oh, I'm supposed to hate something about myself. Right. Girl, uh, that is me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it works in the opposite too, right? Like when you're surrounded by women who are like, no, I've got this. I love myself. I know my worth. Then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I can do that too. I love my imperfect self. Like I'm not perfect, but I am my own definition of beauty, of inward beauty and outward beauty. And so that's good enough for me. Yeah. So I think a lot of the women that listen to my podcast struggle with feelings of not enough. And like not being good enough, not being pretty enough, not being smart enough, not being whatever enough. But I also think there's this other end of it where there are women who struggle with being too much. And I wondered this watching you on the show because, you know, you listen to things that other people say, or even just like the way that you're portrayed in the show. Um, I think it's important for us all to remember that we saw maybe like two hours of 90 days of you. <laughs> And now we all think we know you and exactly who you are. But I I wondered sometimes watching you if there was ever a time where you felt like you were too much, like you had to tone yourself down or be less than what you were in order to gain acceptance or have someone like you or have someone love you. Did you ever struggle with that? So I think, and I think I'll reference like more or less the show, like, you know, during that time frame because I think that's what individuals saw 
And I'm glad that we remind people like it was two hours, guys, of like, you know, you people know this, I think, or they don't, but we just have to say it like a thousand times so it can stick. Yeah. Um, but most definitely, like there are times where I cared more about others' feelings, thoughts, and beliefs in my life. And I dimmed my own light, right? I have like submitted to the charge of others, you know, when I was younger in relationships. And those individuals, like myself, unfortunately, were like, we're not walking in their God-given purpose and didn't know who they were and, you know, didn't know how to treat me in a way that was uplifting and encouraging and all the things that we want for ourselves. Right. But I also, you know, was doing kind of like figuring out my life and who I was and learning to love myself. And so I think that's like one way where I've doubted myself and not, you know, felt confident. Um, But even like I mentioned in my most recent relationship, I, I, I feel like I compromised in ways that I shouldn't have because it wasn't true to who I wanted to be or needed to be in a relationship. I mean, I think the world saw this clearly, like an example of like allowing others to place labels on me. I know, right, that I define who I am and what someone's label of me or when someone's label of me is contradictory, I guess, to my definition. Mm-hmm. I know I will no longer accept it, right? I obviously, like, I don't think that every time I stood up for myself in a way that was clear in that situation. And I just don't think that it exemplified my own value in that experience that I went through. And, you know, I'm still learning, guys. Um, every day, the one thing that I continue to tell myself is I've continuously worked on voicing my needs. Like, that's like a lifelong journey. I still have to remind myself, like, don't forget to voice your needs today. Like, you got to be able to speak up for yourself. Um, and I usually have always, I think, been very accommodating in relationships. And so I have to remind myself, like, it's so quickly for us to revert back, right? You mentioned, like, we do so much progress, but you have to tell yourself, like, oh, no, like, that's not who I am. And so it's like daily work. Yeah, absolutely. Because we get these like the parts of our brain just are that have been walking that same route so many times that it forgets sometimes and is like, Oh yeah, no, we go on this path. And you have to be like, no, no, we do not. (laughs) Not anymore. (laughs) Agree. Agree. Yeah. So I'm going to ask you about your current relationship status a little bit later, but before we get to that, I want to just ask you, how do you deal with it when you have those moments of self-doubt or when you struggle with your own confidence or your own self-worth, like one of the things that you mentioned was just kind of like reminding yourself of who you are and that you are not who other people say you are, but how else do you deal with that self-doubt? So um, <laughs> I always be like, let me be my full self guys all the time, an apology. I mean, those moments, I'm not going to lie, are far and like few in between wasn't always the case, but I feel like these days at this, like at this age and this um, time that I'm in, I have like the systems, like the things that I do every single day that keep me going. You know, I am part of a prayer group of women. We pray every morning. We all take turns leading prayer and, you know, sharing affirmations and asking for prayers or specific things that we're all going through in relationships and just in life in general. I have what I said, my square squad, you know, I talk to my people and I feel like every time I talk to someone, like I leave that conversation just feeling even more uplifted. I work out every day, every morning. That to me is like another way that I show myself love and I give myself the opportunity to like be in the moment and take care of myself and have like that mental connection to myself. Mm -hmm. 
it's like those little routines that I do every day are ways that if something like ever like tries to bring me down, I'm like, wait, I got this. Like, this is what I do every day. This is who I am. Like, there's nothing that anyone can say that's going to make or shift who I believe I am as a person because I'm so solid in that. Yeah. And I shop sometimes too. (laughs) (laughs) When all else fails, retail therapy. Retail therapy. I think that's really interesting though, because basically what I'm hearing you say is that you've set your life up in a way that though that little voice in your head, that's like, Oh, maybe you're not good enough. Like it doesn't even have a room in your life. Like it might want to come in, but between the things that you have in place, like with your prayer group and with your friends and with the way that you treat your body and all of these things, it's like, it doesn't even have a way in, which I think is fascinating. Yeah. Um, but again, it took a lot of work to get to where I am. I was yeah. just talking to some of our cast because we're just so close with each other. And I've been to therapy, you know, before in my life and we go to therapy, you know, continuously. And I encourage everyone to do therapy in life because it's just so helpful. And yeah. again, it's like your mental and emotional state. And I'm like, I went into therapy, guys, with like my self-worth and like my value for myself, like in the sky. And like, I left that therapy session and I'm like, man, I think I'm like in heaven right now. That's like where my <laughs> self-worth is. Guys. So, Who knew I could love myself like, more? <laughs> I know, right? And like some people don't like it. And I'm like, man, I want you to love yourself as much as I do. It's a good thing, guys. Absolutely. Like, good yeah. I mean, I think a lot of times when people don't like that, it's because they... I don't want to say jealous, but they see something in you that they wish they had in them. And I think that when you say like when all, when all the people talking and all these things, and I'm like, I, you know, I'm going, I'm going to pray for y'all. Like, I'm sorry that you feel that way, dear, but like, yeah, it's, it's not, not going to change me. And it's, it's not, not going to change my life. Not going to dim my light. Like I'm going to continue to live my best life. Like I, I, I am the owner of myself. I cannot control the world. The only mm-hmm. thing that I can control in this life is myself. Absolutely. And, you know, I said I'm a prayerful woman and everything, but like one thing, and I share this a lot with uh, a lot of individuals that I meet, Matthew 6, 25 to 34, like I cannot worry about things that I cannot control or tomorrow or anything because I can only live in the moment. And so yeah. that's what caught, like you have to be happy with the way things are. And if something goes wrong, it's okay, guys. Like we fail, we fail. We learn and we grow and we move on. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that I found so impactful in my own life is that for years and years, I've had women tell me that I was intimidating and it used to make me insane. And then one day I heard someone say, are you intimidating or are they intimidated? And I was like, (laughs) exactly. I'm like, got it. You are intimidated. That is not a reflection of myself, but yourself. Totally. Okay. So tell me, what is your current relationship status? I am single, ready to mingle. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Okay. So you are still open to dating? Oh, of course. Of course. My therapist actually has um, told me a while ago that she's given me homework. And really, this is one of the reasons that I I prayed about this and came on Married at First Sight. I have not invested the time in dating my whole life. Mm -hmm. You know, like I, you know, was in long-term relationships and then like had a break and then was in a lot of, another long-term relationship. But for me, dating is work and it's not work that I'm interested in doing. And so it's like, oh, someone's going to match me up with someone that, you know, all the things that I value in a person or you're like um, deal breakers and I'm set for life. Cause yeah, like, I don't, I don't have to do any of the work. I don't want to date. Like, I do not want to date. 
Um, and then you got there the next day and you're like, wait, I still have to do work. <laughs> I was like, dang it. Uh, <laughs> not what I signed up for. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely open to dating and I'm excited. I'm excited because my therapist said I should be excited. And so I have homework. I'm supposed to try out coffee shop. She gave me a list of like 10. Oh my God. Uh, I love it. And it's going to be okay though. I'm like, it's a goal. I'm going to set it as a goal and like space it out and I'm going to try. Well, and here's the thing. This is what I always tell my clients. Like you can take the exact same action from two very different spaces and get two very different results, right? So you can show up to the coffee shop feeling like this is stupid. I don't want to do this. This is going to be horrible, right? And your experience is going to be something (laughs) and you're going to get some result. Or you could show up to it like, this is going to be interesting. I'm curious to see what happens. I'm open to the experience. And then your experience will be something different. I 100% agree. I'm like, it's all about that mindset that you set yourself. Yeah, you got it. I can't wait to hear what happens. <laughs> You'll stay tuned. Y'all. Is there anything else before we wrap up that you would say to any of the women who are listening, who are single or dating, or maybe in a relationship that they're not super happy in, but they are struggling with, is this ever going to happen for me? Am I worthy of this? Am I good enough for this? Yeah, I want to say... Be true to you. Do not compromise. And I want to preface this question like about like your worth as women with the understanding that your self-worth is not or is not defined by a monetary value. Like there's no amount of money that can or ever will determine self-worth. But knowing your worth is knowing your value. And to Mm -hmm. me, that means that no matter what life brings me challenges, the ups and the downs, I understand that for me there's a certain way that people must approach me, interact with me, and I will not accept anything less. Mm-hmm. And like, again, that's like the unapologetically you. And it's not, I think always like, not even in regards to people, like your career, entertainment, you know, how you choose to spend your time. I want what's best for me. And I will continue to seek out things that are in the best interest of me. And at the end of the day, like no matter what changes, no matter what happens, my value you and my worth determines who I am and who I accept and who I let go because that is all I can control. And so I love it. That's a perfect spot to wrap up. Mirla, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Love Starts Here podcast. For more tips, tools, love and support, be sure to join the Love Starts Here Facebook group. To learn more about how you can work one-on-one with Melissa to take your love and life to the next level, visit www.melissamsnow.com.